I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Okay, today's question is from Imogen. Should I read it out? Yes, hear it. Imogen asks, she says, Hi, Sarah and Jen. My question for you is, have you ever launched something and it completely failed? How do you cope with that disappointment and decide whether or not to keep on going with your business? I recently launched my first e-course and it made less than 10 sales and I'm feeling so disheartened. I've been building my email list and social media following for the past six months. I created a course that I felt my audience would be really interested in and now I'm worried that my dream business just isn't going to be possible like I hope it could be. This is the first time I've tried to monetize my blog and I'm wondering if this is a sign that I'm betting on a dead horse or if I'm just being defeatist. Please help. Oh, Imogen. <laughs> first, I want to just give you a hug. I want to give you a hug, but I also want to say to you that you have just embarked on the first step of becoming the business owner that you want to be. Yes. It's, this is just one step on a really long path. I actually feel like if I could say anything to anyone in Imogen's position right now is you've been fed a lie about how easy this should look. Yes. And I've in peak course and everyone's telling you how to build your email list and how to launch a course is so much noise but this is really not easy. I know people who've been in business for years and they struggle to sell a course. I don't say that to make anyone feel crappy, but it's because it's not as easy as we think it is to sell a course or a product or anything. And 10 sales means that 10 people get what you do. Absolutely. Like the thing that leaps out from that email to me is like, she's just defining success wrong because that to me sounds like a success. It's just that her expectations were so much higher that she's not able to see how much she's achieved. I think expectations crush so many business, mm. new businesses, especially in this world where all we're seeing is people's success and overnight success. And the truth is, like, will you tell everyone how long it took you to have the idea for the Institute, to make the Institute, to launch the Institute, and to you create the resources to promote the Institute? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I... I mean, my Instagram, I was already past 100K followers. So it was... Which is rare. Which is rare. Yeah, like you don't need 100K. That's (laughs) not what I'm saying. But like, that is how long I'd been working on my Instagram. It had been probably two years maybe of of building my Instagram. Which is key here. Yeah. Two years of building your audience before you did anything with it. Not to say that everyone has to take two years, just Sarah's success is thanks to the fact in many ways that she yeah. built an audience. Yeah, so I could have started my courses sooner and they would have grown, the numbers would have grown more slowly. Yes. But just the way I did it for various reasons was I waited. So in those two years, I also had a blog where I was writing about all this stuff for free, sharing loads of knowledge. I had a mailing list. I think I probably had about 10K subscribers possibly on my mailing list when I first launched. The course? Yeah. And that I got that by, I had a free ebook. And in that free ebook, I talked about how I was going to be launching this course, but it still took me, I think, a year from launching that ebook to actually getting the course finished and ready to the world. That's right. So I was coaching in the meantime and putting all that knowledge from the coaching into the class. So like it was a a good two, two and a half year build up to actually putting it on sale. And that was why it was able to immediately start selling out straight away. Which I think that you've just hit the nail on the head of what it takes to find overnight success. I'm using my fingers here because really any thing behind overnight success is a whole lot of work and a whole lot of unknown because I remember the day you launched the industry your mind was blown blown absolutely blown and I've talked about this before like just being like what (laughs) what do I do with this money (laughs) yeah like where do I put it do I put it under my bed (laughs) yeah it freaked me out and it 
it doesn't have to be that way. Like that is a really exciting way to do it, but it's also kind of like a roller coaster. You don't have to do nothing for two years and then launch. It's absolutely fine to do as our letter writer has done and take it in smaller steps. Say, okay, six months, I'm going to do a small launch. Another six months, I'm going to do a slightly bigger launch and step it that way instead. But it's about stepping your expectations in line with that. Because if you're looking at someone like me and gone, well, she just launched her course and it sold Mm -hmm. like a hundred places first time. Well, it's it's all about kind of the behind the scenes that you're not seeing. And I also think, I don't mean to sound harsh when I say this, but a course-based business model in itself is not a sustainable business model. No. It's a kind of business model that you only discover if it's sustainable by getting stuck in the trenches and seeing if it's sustainable. Because really what it depends on is, are you connecting enough with your audience that they want to buy from what you're offering? Are you creating something that there's actually a need and a desire for? Does your course actually work? Are you going to get good testimonials, good word of mouth around it? It's not something to go into if you just want to make quick money. Right. And so that, for me, it really came from, I was doing mentoring and I was finding I was repeating the same advice again and again and again and I couldn't meet capacity of all the people who wanted to work with me so I was like okay there's got to be a better way for me to serve this audience and then I wrote the class and I think that that was always really key to its success as well was it came from a point of need and demand instead of me thinking oh it's a good way for me to kind of make some money I'm gonna write a class about this thing that interests me yeah and I think something that holds people back so much I've seen this so many times is they launch a course and it never sells as well as you dreamed it would be nine times out of ten yeah and then you like Imogen shared you just you lose heart you lose hope and you feel like I'm a betting on a dead horse but the truth is you 10 people invested in this yeah that shows to me that 10 and you how long did you say she'd been building an audience six for? months yeah, six months. So within six months, to have had 10 people want to invest their hard-earned cash into what you do, that's an amazing sign. Because the truth is, in online business world, six months isn't that long. No, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like, especially if it's your first six months, if you've really not been talking about this yeah. message for a while or, or being kind of pitching yourself as a business, then your first six months are quite often the hardest. And the this is the spirit of entrepreneurship. The spirit of entrepreneurship is to launch something learn from the launch. I always say to clients when they're launching a course, this first launch doesn't mean anything other than a learning curve. Mm-hmm. This is not going to change your life and pay all your bills. Like it's something that you're going to put out there. You're going to see how people respond. You're going to see if you, I've had people launch a course to great success and then discover they hate running right. courses. It's always an experiment. Totally. Always. And even like, you know, I'll rewrite something in the course and I put it out and, and people don't understand it the way I thought they would. So I have to rewrite it again. Or like every time you're always experimenting. And even now approaching a launch for a course, I always see it as an experiment. Like, has the messaging I've been doing in the last few months been working? Has it been reaching the right people? Is this still, you know, pitched at the level that people need it? And the information you get back in terms of sales or no, not sales or unsubscribes or complaints from people about it not being the right thing for them all goes into shaping what you offer next time. And sometimes it comes down to something really simple as the way you're marketing it. Yeah. If you're brand new to business, you've probably not built a strong marketing skill set yet because you're probably looking outside of you to see, oh, that's how they say I should launch it and that's how they say I should launch it. Exactly. But maybe you're, you've not found a way to connect your message and your energy to your 
audience's energy. And what you find, the more you launch, the more you're like, oh, when I did that, I got loads more sales than when I just did the other things. So you know where to focus your efforts and your energy, but you can't get that from someone else's advice. You can only get that from your own experience and from getting to know your audience firsthand. And I very rarely like to give hard and fast rules, but I think if you can do anything for a business that you dream of building is build a community. Yeah. Who, that's the greatest asset you'll have. Sometimes, say, for example, if I get a client and they, 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 they want to start a business from scratch and they feel like their energy should be into developing the course or developing the program that they want to sell and it's never my job to tell someone what to do but the thing that we explore together is that really what the most important thing is that they build a brand and a community Mm -hmm. because you could build a course and have no one to sell it to and also if you don't build your brand and your business up first you don't actually fully understand what you're doing no it really informs what you make and a course is a lot of work like I think writing a decent course is about equivalent to writing a decent book yeah so like to put it out there that's how much time you and effort and writing you're going to be having to do you don't want to spend all that time writing it and then do the research afterwards like you want to do your best bet first time yeah if you think how many years experience you had building your own Instagram up and then mentoring people on Instagram before you created the Insta Retreat. I have one of my signature courses is called Writing for Dream Clients. I didn't create that until over three years into my business yeah. of having three and over three years of being booked out all thanks to my content. Your courses will be better the more time you give them to become. And this isn't me saying to someone that if you've got an idea for a course and you want to put it out there, like, oh, I should wait because that is also a way that we hold ourselves back. Sure. Yeah. It's a fine line. But it's like you said at the beginning, like we are at peak course, like that market is getting really saturated right now with lots of people coming into it going, I think I'll write a course as well. And you have to be able to put something out there that's really going to stand out and stand the test of time and deliver. A lot of people I think have had quite disappointing experiences with online classes. Either they've just not been able to complete them or they've not delivered on the results so you need something that has the wow factor that's really going to deliver so that it's going to be able to get those testimonials and that word of mouth and the only way I know to do that is to really really research it like you would a book yeah I also think if you look at the people who launch courses to great success the need existed before they created the course yeah so what I mean by that is they had an audience ready and waiting to buy from them they knew who they were enough that they knew how to launch the course mm. someone who comes to mind is laura jane williams with her courses yeah would sell out so fast and are so popular and she knew what people were always asking for help with and where they were struggling and she knew who she was yeah because the reason you buy laura jane williams's courses because you want to be taught from her energy her communication style and her knowledge base and she's quite not an extreme example but there's not many laura jane williams in the yeah, world, yeah. if you know what I mean. But she's a great example of someone who created for a need and from her own experience base. I guess the very foundation of what I'm saying here is courses aren't something that we just should make for the sake of making them because they should be a, an entire experience for the student. And we are living in peak course right now. So like Sarah was saying, to add something to the market, add it for a reason. And also, this is a long game. A course is not something you launch once and then run away from. Like how many times have you launched the Institute now? Good question. Ten? And with every launch have you learned something? Absolutely. And I keep I still keep updating it for that reason because I can still be like, oh, okay, like three people have asked what that sentence means. I'm gonna write it differently. Imogen opened her question with have we ever launched something and it failed? Have you ever launched something and it bombed? See, I can't think of anything, but I don't know if that means I haven't, because I'm not someone who even really identifies with things as failures that sounds like such a cliche (laughs) but what I what I tend to do is I'm I'm really in that always in that experiment mindset where I'm like okay like there's no bad results here because 
everything is information. So the one thing I can think of is I had an idea I wanted to do a community for people who were trying to grow as influencers. I knew that there was kind of interest around that and that there was a lot of information that people just weren't getting their hands on and I came up with a program I was going to call social climbers I got as far as having some branding made for it I hadn't written any of it and I wrote some blog content around it and said sign up here and you'll be the first to hear and it got very few signups and occasionally it still does get like a sign up but very few and that was enough I was like this is not getting the interest I need it to have in order for me to pursue it and so I I just shelved it and that is actually a great segue onto some of the best advice you can give someone, which is test your ideas. Yeah. Well, that's what we can do. We've got social media. Like, remember the old days when people just had to open a shop and hope that there was an audience for it. And then if no one ever came in, you were like, oh, I guess nobody <laughs> wants to buy my chocolate cheese graters or whatever it was. But now you can just try it out. You can speak to people directly. You can do polls on your Instagram stories, or you can do questions, or you can send out an email to your mailing list. Like, you can literally get that feedback today and the answer's there for you sometimes in what blog posts get the most yeah. attention which emails get the most replies which which content gets the most shares your people are telling you what they want and need from you and this is when you've already built an audience the truth is if you haven't yet built a community forget building a course build a community yeah so that's the first step but once you have a community like Imogen's been spent she spent six months building this up this is not to say that the course you built isn't actually a great asset in your business. It could just be that right now you had 10 people available to buy it from you. The next time you launch it, maybe it's 20. The time after that, maybe it's 30. But if you've got an idea, like Sarah said, you can just test the waters a little bit. Say something you're really passionate about, write a blog post about it, do a podcast episode, put it out there. If it gets crickets in return, you kind of know, oh, maybe this isn't what people are interested in. The other argument is maybe there is some pre-content. Maybe it's because you've not built their excitement up about it yet. Because sometimes what you want to give, people don't know that they need or want yet. Yes. But sometimes if something completely bombs and then you put something else out and that gets lots of people's excitement, it's your business is giving you answers there. Absolutely. And sometimes they're not always the answers that we want because we can have one thing we really want to be making a product around and actually the thing that I've seen this with a lot of clients, like the thing that the traction is on is a different area of your business. And I feel like that's one of the ultimate compromises of business that we all have to face. It's like that choice between do I want to be super popular on Instagram or do I want to really follow my art and just share the stuff that I really want to share and not care about the results and so it's the same in business it's Mm -hmm. like do I want to make this thing that I'm really passionate about and know it will not be as profitable and reach as many or am I willing to kind of let my audience really strongly dictate what I make even if that means I'm making something that maybe isn't as close to my heart right now yeah it's it's really getting into the business part of your brain and taking your emotions out of it a little bit yeah and I also think with Imogen I guess my biggest advice is she says am I betting on a dead horse no no you sold 10 spots you're you're six months into this I promise you more than anything that six months from now and a year from now you're going to have so much more insight and connection with your community Please don't believe the lie that it should have all happened for you right now. Because I think there's so much noise out there with really fast overnight success stories. But the truth is that most people take years. And most people, the course is the secondary income stream. Yeah, you need something else that's kind of informing your business and informing what you put into the courses. I think it's really dangerous to expect at first passive income like courses to make a sustainable income for you. It's a lot to ask for a product where you need a lot of sales to make sustainable income. Yeah. And it's a lot to ask from your audience because if they don't know you really well, if they've not known you for quite a long time, it's like that like no trust factor. If you've not really built that up 
asking them to, because there's a lot of commitment involved in an online course and it's mainly on the end of the buyer. Mm -hmm. Like they're the ones that have to show up. They're the ones that have to do the work and they're trusting you to meet your end of that bargain. And if they don't have that connection with you yet, I think it's a lot, a big ask of your audience. And it's a much smaller ask to say, come on a call with me one-to-one because that's a much more engaged scenario. It's a smaller ask to say, come to a workshop with me and meet me face-to-face or even like download my free resource. I also think it's a big ask of your business within six months to have got to a place where it knows itself so much that it knows exactly what it's about yeah and the people know exactly what it's about that's not a long time in a business especially she says that she i think did she say she was blogging before this i wasn't so it's maybe a pivot it's a pivot it's a blog she's built that she's been pivoting so there's going to be some some people in the audience who are still confused or maybe haven't worked out kind of the direction that she's going in i feel like we'd be saying slightly different advice if she'd been doing exactly what she's doing now for like two years and still only making small sales on a course. That would make me think that there's a messaging disconnect Mm. or that there's a clarity disconnect there or that she's speaking to the wrong people. Yeah. Or that the product isn't right fit. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's just not the right product for her audience. But I think with with Imogen, my advice is you're not just building a course here that you need to make money, you're building a business. And if you're building a business, you need to uncover what's the actual business model for that because... I don't know anyone who has started out and their course has been the whole income for their business. No, it's The course is usually the secondary income that in the long run you may transition into your full-time income if that's yeah. where you want to go. But a lot of people have other income streams. A lot of people do one-on-one work or have other projects that they work on. You've got to kind of get the bird's eye view of your business here and see how the course is one element of it, but there's it's not going to be the foundation of your business. Well, and it's a new skill set. Like yeah. unless you have a background in teaching and education – you're trying something new and you're not yet an expert at that side of your business. So of course it's going to be, you know, you can't necessarily make a fortune from doing something you're brand new at. That's like deciding tomorrow that you're going to be a chief exec and expecting (laughs) to get the salary. It just doesn't work that way. I also think something to say, I wish I said this earlier, I feel really bad. (laughs) But I think something to say also is like, number one, congratulations. Yes. Because you have built a brand and poured yourself into it. You've built a course. You've made sales. Huge achievements. This is so brave. Like, it's so scary to take up this space. Most people don't get to this point. Most people quit in the first couple of months in in that kind of timeline because actually writing a course is a huge amount of work. Launching it is terrifying. Like, pivoting your business if you're known for one thing and you're going to go in a different direction is terrifying. So she's really brave and she's obviously got a lot of drive and I think that's going to be a hallmark of success for her that feels like the entrepreneurial spirit there yeah and I think the thing to think about is you've embarked on a really exciting journey here it's just that I have a feeling that people coming into this industry sometimes with the wrong perception because of the noise that's being put out there yeah because a business isn't just like we've spoken of episodes before like just like a blog isn't a business model unto itself or an instagram feed yeah, isn't a course isn't a business it's it's got to be part of a bigger ecosystem so i could be wrong here imogen but my gut would maybe tell me go and start to think about your business ecosystem as a whole and your yeah, brand as like a whole if i was in imogen's shoes i was just thinking this what would i be doing i would be establishing my expertise and mm-hmm. getting loads of free information my free information out there maybe even this course that she's written like after she's done it with these 10 people she might want to pull some bits of it out that she's going to share for free with people yeah. getting people on her mailing list getting people following her who are just as passionate about whatever her topic is as she is and really getting to know that community so that she becomes someone that they trust and someone that they they know they can go to with kind of questions around her topic and then maybe in another six months of that launch again or launch something because the more time you can put into building that community and building that business, 
the more you can ask for something in return from your business and from your audience. And the more the ask is easier. Yeah. The more, once you've built a relationship with people and they get what you do and they want what you do and they trust you and you've become a part in their life that is supportive or encouraging or entertaining, they want to invest in what you're offering to them. You want the only barrier to be, if they can't afford it, they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. If it's not the right time for them, that's fine. But you don't want the barrier to be, I don't get who you are. I don't get what you do. I don't get what this is about. I'm not sure if it's going to be worth it. I don't know if I trust you. Yeah. All you can do is put so much energy into getting yourself all of those yeses. Answer all those questions with all of your content. And it takes time. It takes time. Of course it does, because humans take time to build trust and relationships. Like there is no shortcut no. to that. So I have kind of a rule in my business and in what I always advise with other people, it's around kind of give and take. And I think I want to be giving like 80% of the time before I do a take. Mm-hmm. So I want you to have had like eight free, really valuable emails from me before you get a sales email. I want you to see eight really fun, interesting, nice Instagram posts before you see a sponsored post. Because to me, that feels like a fair balance because people are giving you their time and their attention. And a lot of the time, I think when people feel kind of gross about their sales or having to sell, um, which I know Imogen doesn't mention, but I know it comes up for so many of our listeners and for most people in creative businesses. I think it's because you've maybe not quite found the balance and you don't feel like you've given enough yet because when you feel really confident like actually I've given you so much for free you don't feel like a bad person for asking for something in return from the people who want to give it to you and I would also put a caveat there that it's easier to do that if you also know what you're selling on the other side of that so true yeah because you can go off in the complete wrong direction with your free resources if it's not with that in mind the more you're taking them on a journey and have quite a focused marketing plan there because it's all content marketing yeah as gross as those words sound you're taking them on a journey then it feels like an experience because I don't ever feel weird about selling anything now because I have I know who I can picture their names and their faces and their stories because I've connected with them and I think it just comes back to the hard but most truthful thing I know is like it takes time to build a business and it should take time I think I've given this example before on this podcast where it's like it takes a doctor seven years to become a doctor yeah and we don't think that's crazy yet we expect to become a successful business over within six months and then we count ourselves as a failure if we don't yeah and that's the other thing here I think is like there'll be people watching Imogen and thinking she's made 10 sales how can I get to where she is she's such a success only in six months she's already achieved this there'll be people listening to this podcast thinking I I made no sales after a year so in so many ways it's just about perspective and it's about kind of bringing your expectations down and getting that experimental mindset if you approach everything with curiosity and just like I wonder what will happen if I put this on sale I wonder what will happen if I spend another six months building my community there are no disappointing results because it's all information I honestly think if some if people could hold that so close to themselves it would keep more people in business I think that's my secret to success actually is that I am naturally a super curious person and kind of nerdy about all this stuff so even when something doesn't go the way I maybe thought it would I never take it personally. I'm always, I can see the forces at work that have made it happen that way. And whether that's like an Instagram post that bombs or whether it's, you know, a a sales email that just doesn't convert to as many sales as I expected, I can always be like, okay, let's pull this apart. What what can I learn from this? Because I know it's going to be valuable for my next launch or my next Instagram post, but also it's going to be valuable for my community. I would also argue as well, maybe this is me projecting how I feel myself, because you have such a solid business and brand and such a solid community even if a particular thing bombs 
your business isn't bombing. Yeah. Because you feel so steady in your business. It's a real security blanket. And Imogen's only been doing this for six months. Yeah. She doesn't have that. So I couldn't have had that in six months time. No, I don't know anyone who would build that in six months. Because it's the time that makes you feel safer. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, especially if it's your first thing and it yeah. doesn't meet your expectations. Like that question of where she was saying, am I like fogging a dead horse here? Is it just, is it? Because there's probably plenty of people in her life who are making her feel like this yeah. isn't a viable option anyway. So it kind of confirms all your worst fears when things don't go the way you expect. And also we're human, we dream. Yeah. I, I highly doubt that Imogen didn't have a moment where she was like, if I sold 50 of these, that money would maybe mean that I could, you know, invest in this or do this. And that's great. Yeah, you're supposed to dream. Yeah. I do think that expectations as crushes our momentum because I've seen so many times someone who does something and their expectation was so big and unrealistic that they don't meet that and then they are crushed and they stop moving forward. Yeah. Whereas if you go into it with a curiosity, like what can I learn from this? What can I discover? You keep moving forward. And I think if I can tell people anything, if you can stop yourself from getting lost in all this and stopping, because usually we quit before a win, if we think about it. Yeah. Not to lower your expectations, but to be curious instead of having expectations. Even now, when I launch something, I have to trust a little bit because this is my full-time job and I'm the breadwinner of my marriage. I have to have some trust. But the truth is, if something fails in my business, I'm not going to throw my hands up in the air and say, screw this. Like, I'm just about to launch some in-person, an in-person workshop in my house for the new year. I have no idea how this is going to sound. We were just talking about this and you were saying it's an experiment and you've never done something like this up north before. But that's a really healthy attitude to have because you know if it doesn't work, it's not because people don't like you. It's not because you're not good at what you do. It's not because your information is not valuable. It's just, yeah, it's just the package. And I would argue here, in a business, you need your stable income streams. I know I've said this a few times so far in this episode, but it's very rare that a course is you're initially going to be your sustainable income stream. And so my argument here for Imogen and anyone else listening is you feel more secure taking risks in your business when you have the security of an income stream that is solid for you. Yeah. And I think it's scary when you're launching a course and when you're like, oh, I really want this business to make me money when it that's probably not going to give you that stability so I think also what me and Sarah have is we have a very strong solid base which is why I did the coaching first in fact like if we think back this it's really fascinating because this is when I was working with Jen as a coach (laughs) like when we first met and my initial plan was to do this course and I sat down and started trying to map it out I had post-its all over my living room wall and I was like I don't feel like this I don't feel ready I I didn't feel ready and so I came back to you and said I think I'm going to do coaching first and we we set off in that direction instead and that meant that when I was launching the course I had no expectations of it I put no demands on that course all it needed to do was do what it was going to do and if it sold well then I could make it part of my business and if it didn't sell well I'd learn my lesson one of the mantras that I kind of explore with some of my clients who are in a similar stage to this is we can't ask off our business when it's not yet ready to give us. Yeah. Because the stage that Imogen's in right now, her business needs her to show up for the business. That course isn't there to make you any money right now. That course is there to teach you lessons and to help you establish your voice in your business. And I think this is really uncomfortable for people to hear, to think that, wait, I can't ask anything of my business right now. That's uncomfortable to hear, but I'm going to use a doctor example again. When a doctor's training for seven years... <laughs> They're showing up for their training. And they're trusting that it's going to be worth yeah. it. And I promise you this, anyone I know who's made incredible big things, and when I say big things, I don't mean that they're like making millions, I just mean that they've made their dreams happen in their business. It's because they showed up and gave before they asked anything from their business. And it's it's okay to have, it's good to have that dream. That dream doesn't have to go anywhere because you've, you know, if you were dreaming of selling 100 and you've sold 10, 
You're 10% there. You're 10% there and you're gaining information about how you get to that ultimate goal. Every time you launch, maybe next time you launch yourself five, you go, okay, I've learned what not to do to get closer to my goal. And it's all information that's going to lead you to being the marketer and the business owner you need to be to achieve your objective. And you don't want to get there overnight. Because what would happen to Imogen right now if she got there overnight is she would be overwhelmed because she does not have the infrastructure to handle that at six months in. From these 10 people, you run the course through of them, you'll actually have more chance to help them because you've got to help less people. Yeah, so they'll have amazing testimonials at the end yep. of it because they'll have had such a good experience with her. And you'll have so much you've learned from it, tweak it for the next course, you're going to have 10 amazing testimonials. I can't promise you anything, Imogen, but I will say that my gut tells me that if you keep going and you keep showing up, and if you keep believing in this, you will reach goals that you didn't even know were possible for you. Yeah, you didn't even think to dream of because it's going to give you different perspectives to look in different directions the only other thing i would love to talk about in this episode is because we are in peak courses i think an element to this has to be we need to be innovative in this yeah. side of the industry now it's not just good enough to throw up a teachable course and just be like duh, 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 duh. It, it's just not to say that teachable is about platforms to use what i mean by that is if you're bringing something to the course platform table make sure you're doing it because you actually have something that you want to facilitate through that platform a topic that you want to teach about that lends itself well to being taught as an online yes. course because not everything does like no. I'm trying to think of an example but like learning to drive would be a terrible <laughs> online course if you're a driving instructor you need to maybe think about I don't know a video course or workshops or you know it's not going to lend itself to that platform and there's lots of other things and lots of different ways that we communicate not everybody communicates best in that kind of structured teaching environment also, the most important part of courses is outcomes. I think Seth Godin said, I, I'm going to get these statistics wrong, but maybe in the ballpark area, I think he said that only 20% of his students complete his courses or something like that. And how I think there's a massive issue in the industry right now, whereas, and this is this is not across the board, but in a lot of courses, you have a lot, I have so many clients who, when they start working with me, they tell me that they spent a thousand pounds in the past year on courses alone. Yeah. And they've completed none of them. Yeah. Getting people in the door is not your number one goal. Getting people in the door who are going to A, complete the course, engage with the course. And the truth is here, I was having this conversation with a friend this morning, actually, is you're going to have people who invest in your stuff who don't show up for your stuff. And that's not on you. Yeah, that's true of every industry. Anything you do, but it is our job as any form of facilitators of courses or learnings or coaching to make it as able as possible for that person to have an ex- positive experience. Yeah, well, we need them to because they're not going to tell their friends about our course. No. They're not going to leave us a good testimonial if they never even made it to the last lesson. So I guess it's encouraging people who do want to create courses to think more about the experience of the course and your role as a coach facilitator rather than I want this course to make me some money. Absolutely. In fact, I am not a huge fan of the completely passive course model. I don't know if that's what Imogen was going for here. She doesn't say that, but I know a lot of people do. And a lot of people make an awful lot of money that way. But for me, I don't think that that helps people learn. I certainly couldn't learn that way. I need a bit of accountability. I need a bit of community. I need to know, okay, that email is coming out this week and I've only got this week to do the homework. And you know what's really funny? I really agree with you. And I think a lot of the time, 
courses benefits from communities and i i would don't think i could ever see myself running a live course about a community because the community is where the magic happens mm. however personally i don't do well in that learning environment so you wouldn't join in with the community if you took a course no because for me that would be procrastination on my heart part i'm quite self-motivated like i would want all the materials and to go at my own pace what i would need is for the materials to be taught in a way that is engaging for me yeah but i'm just that kind of person but i know that i'm maybe the exception to the rule it doesn't make it does make me curious for ways to create resources that someone can do at a self-paced route because I think the only challenge with having a live course is that people have to fit themselves within the program of the course yeah and maybe someone they would benefit from your course more taking it at triple the amount of time and that's on them themselves to then make the course the class structure work for them so I think if you have a course where you want people to work through something at a set time they do need some accountability yeah and I guess this is the thing like it's not that all passive courses are a terrible idea it's just that if you are writing one if that's what you need it can't just be a course that should run live but you've turned into a passive income stream it needs to be a course that you've designed with self-guided working in mind and you've kind of rather than leave that extra reflection up to the community element you've worked it in in a way that they can do on their own exactly and all of this is like hugely a huge skill set that you have to acquire like I read education textbooks my husband used to be a head teacher so like we're quite nerdy about this stuff together and I'm always trying to bring real educational strategies to my online courses partly that's just because I'm a nerd but partly also I think that is as an industry the kind of stuff we need to be doing and that's why so many people are having bad experiences of courses because people think it's as simple as kind of just writing a series of blog posts we have to kind of raise the i look at sas Peffert, who recently launched compass yeah with all the archetypes of self-doubt that is years of research and development yeah that went into that course and i just think that sometimes a course is like a book that's been put into a course yeah and that's not a course well it's a very expensive book isn't it yeah. like why am i paying this much for an ebook and i think this all comes down to really discovering who you are in your business and what your strengths are in your business and really developing out the strong foundations of a business so that the question isn't oh I should create a course what should I do the course about but the question is oh I have this information what's the best route to facilitate this information yeah and maybe it's a way that no one's done yet like when I first launched my course I know it confused and surprised quite a lot of people like my competitors because there wasn't very many courses around especially not on the kind of topics for this kind of audience and Jen and I were just talking about what I'm working on to do next and talking about what would be surprising what would be exciting what is a different way because it's all just about communication in the end and human communication keeps evolving the internet has given us so many different methods to communicate what's the way you communicate best what's the way your audience receive information Mm -hmm. best what kind of learner are they and how can you build something that uses both of those I guess like we're getting to this point where we're kind of saying think bigger than just courses yeah or if you're going to do a course make it excellent and that's not to make it pressure there but I'm just saying if you're gonna create a course make sure you're doing it for a reason that it's worth the people's time who are investing in it that you're doing it more than just because you think that's the next thing you're supposed to do yeah because you've been told that's how to make money because the truth is there are a million ways to make money within your business and yes sharing information is a great way to monetize your kind of knowledge and your skills but it doesn't have to be formulaic. It doesn't have to be the way anyone else has done it. It has to be the way that works for you. I do think that we are hitting a moment of fatigue in the consumers of courses right now. I agree. And I think it's partly because a lot of people have had bad experiences. But I think if something's different and innovative and exciting and wakes them up as consumers and feels really just tailored to them, 
they're not going to have an issue buying that. But if it's just another course, it's just like everybody else's course and it feels like you've created it just to create a course, they can tell that now. So I think as a bigger encouragement for anyone who wants to make and sell courses, be innovative, have fun with it. And maybe don't even look around you for the model to do it. Maybe think a little outside the box. I agree, definitely. Like you can look at other people's model for building community, for building hype and for building kind of awareness of your knowledge. But then look in your friendship groups, look in your own life, look at where your interest is and how you're receiving information and think about how you can turn that into a class. I keep my classes really simple. But for me, the reason why I feel really confident in them is because I'm sharing something that I've spent years, not only doing myself, but years supporting my clients to do. So the methodology behind it is what it's really about for me. I know it's exactly the same for you. And I think that also argues to saying, you are allowed to give yourself time to develop what it is you want to teach in the long run. Absolutely. I couldn't have created the resources and courses I create now five years ago or three years ago or four years ago. Like it was meant to happen now at this stage because I was ready to create it at this stage. And nothing's ever wasted. So like if you've written a course already and you think actually this isn't the right thing for me, there's always ways to repurpose that and bring it back into your business. So it's not, this isn't to say like you've been, anyone's been wasting their time, but just, I guess like with me, with that social climbers thing, like it's knowing when to say, this is the wrong direction and not keeping on going in that direction just for pride or just because you feel like you've gone too far to turn around, always knowing when it's okay to press pause and go, okay, I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to take what I've learned from it and maybe I'll come back to it one day and maybe I won't and either of those eventualities is fine. And I think it also comes back to what we were saying at the very beginning is like sometimes you're just going to take a risk. You can't take a risk at the same time as wanting control over the outcome. You're allowed to say, I've got this little idea. I don't want to invest tons of money into developing like a whole video course for it. I just want to put it out in its simplest form and see how people respond. That's awesome. That is like entrepreneurial spirit, like at its finest. But you can't do that and then also say, but if it doesn't make 50 sales, I'm quitting. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Experiment, go for it, like figure it out out loud in public. You're allowed to do that, but you can't also then expect it to be perfect straight away. Or you can take the time behind the scenes like Sarah did to build out a community and really build out a course that you're proud of. Will the initial outcome probably be better there? Probably. If you spent years building a community and years developing a program and the messaging to launch that program, it's highly likely that you'll have a better launch than if you just set up a website, spend two months building an email list and launch something. Of course, but neither option is better or worse than the other. No, and there was still a really steep learning curve for me as a kind of a course teacher from that first course. And in some ways that was harder because I had like a big class size to work with right from the off. So yeah, there's, there's no right and wrong ways. And you know, we're talking about spending six months to a year building something. There could be a whole new way of learning online within six months to a year that people are following. So it's about kind of staying open and staying flexible and, and building something because I feel like for me, no, whatever happens, the core of what I want to teach and the core of kind of my knowledge will always be able to flow through any information channel that I want to use. And I'll always be able to find a way to monetize that. And that's kind of where you want to be in your business. You want to, you want, whether it's a course, whether it's a podcast, whether it's blog posts, whether it's a book, that's just packaging because it's how you're packaging up the value of you and your business that is kind of at the core of it all. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. The most important thing to do is to develop and uncover that, the core of the business. So sometimes the question you're asking is, why is my course not selling? But the bigger question is, wait, have I actually built a business that can sell a course? Yeah. But I mean, this is a huge topic. I'm sure we're going to have probably talk about this in some other form down the line, but I would love to hear 
people's thoughts and experience on courses they've bought on what they loved and what they didn't people's experiences on launching courses on dreams they have to launch courses it's it's such a hot topic right now in the industry that i think it'd be cool to hear everyone's thoughts yeah so come and talk to us the hashtag is dear hopeful creative if you tag your instagram posts or your twitter posts jen and i are always browsing the tags so we'll come by and see what you've got to say and hopefully some of our listeners will do the same yeah we can't wait to hear what you think you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.